We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. Hello everyone, my name is Mike Cosentino. I am your host and it is time, it is time for the Run ATL Podcast, your every other week installment for inspiration, information, certainly encouragement and empowerment for those of us who love and lead a pedestrian active lifestyle. Once again, I am so happy to report that I am not alone here in studio. I have my good friend right next to me, Dolomite Dave Martinez D2. Hello to you. Hello, Mike. It is good to see you. And one of the things that I have been so looking forward to asking you about on the air, because we had referenced it last year, you had a big race very recently. The Jekyll Island Marathon is now in your rear view. Do not keep us in suspense any longer. How did it go? <laughs> um, it went well. It was not a, uh, it was not a PR. Um, it, you know, and just, you know. You don't, I, don't sound disappointed I, in I'm that. Don't dis- start you know, that with your headline. I'm, no, I'm, you not, have- I'm not disappointed. And I, and I say this only, and I lead with that primarily because people automatically assume, or well, the first thing they ask is, what was your time? What was your PR? That is the tendency, right? right. And I probably right. made that mistake when we first talked right. about it. So, you know, for me, I start off with that because, you know, that kind of gets it out, out of the way. Because if you don't, people are going to, well, what was your time? What was, you know, just get it out of the way. So it was not a PR. It was still a great race. And, you know, keep in mind that I haven't really done a, a you know, road marathon now for about six years. I think the last one I did was 2012 and it was uh, the Atlanta uh, Marathon back when they, uh, the track club did it uh, at Atlantic Station. I did it the first two years. Um, when they when they uh, brought it back, and uh, so no PR, but I probably missed it in maybe by a minute and a half. However, it was probably the, my the only marathon that I've done. It's only been, this is only my third one that I felt the best throughout the entire marathon, and then when I got to the finish. So, and it wasn't like I felt too good to where I had extra in the tank. It was perfect in the timing and the execution. You ran a smart race. You ran your race. Exactly. And it's a great memory. Exactly. So because it's a flat course, it is, you know, you don't have to worry about hills or downhills where you feel like you're losing time, gaining time, or, you know, what's my pace? You know what your pace is the whole time. So I was... I wasn't looking for a PR. I wasn't looking for a, a to finish at a specific time. I knew kind of what kind of pace I should be at, you know, and I executed on that all the way through about mile 16, where I started slowing down a little bit because it was a headwind and it was able, you know, I wasn't able to get back to my original pace, but I was able to maintain it throughout to maybe about mile 23, 24. I slowed down a little bit more and then picked it back up for the last, you know, uh, mile, mile and a half, but mentally and physically, it was about the most consistent pace that I felt. There were no lows, you know. That you know, typically there's. I've had marathons where I'm like, I am done at mile 21. I'm like, just if someone came and picked me up and offered me a ride back, I would take it. Not this one. I felt strong throughout. So knowing that now, and it's the first marathon that I can finish cross the finish line and say, yes, I would do this again. In previous marathons, I would, I would always say. 
give me a couple months. Let me think about it, and I'll let you know if I'm ready for another marathon. This one, I feel like I, I've, I've executed the best I could. I know what I need to work on. So right now, I'm throwing it out there. I will be back at Jekyll Island next year. So when they open up registration, I'll be Big one of the first Big statement. Yes. All right. Well, congratulations. Thank and you. you should feel really, really good about that effort and certainly proud of, of what you were able to do. And it was perhaps coincidentally a terrific runway for our featured conversation today. And for those of you who have tracked with us all year long thus far in 2018, this is our third episode. The first couple of episodes we punctuated our What's Your Excuse campaign at Big Peach Running Company with a couple of conversations that we believe very much were the why of a new year and setting targets for ourselves. To some degree, I would say, as the founder of Big Peach Running Company, it's the why for why our organization exists. And now it's the opportunity to apply the how. And it maybe even on a deeper level takes us from the theory of of transforming, whether it's our entire life or one subtle area where we believe improvement is possible and transitioning to putting it into practice. So we take what we learned inspirationally from Tina Tate and Andrew Powell, and now the race director from Your Race D2 on Jekyll Island is also the founder of Peak Racing and Peak Performance, Tony Hammett. And Tony is going to join us in studio. What a terrific guy. Yeah, I got to know Tony uh, through, you know, got connected through the triathlon world back when I was doing triathlon and, and our paths kind of crossed. And um, I've gotten to know him a, a bit. We've run together. We've done a lot of trail running and we've had a lot of discussions, you know, around just running and training and triathlon. And he's, he's, he's an individual that really cares about his athletes. He really cares about the races and the, and the events that he puts on. And that's why when, you know, he said he was doing the Jekyll Island Marathon, I knew that it was going to be a, a great, uh, you know, experience and a great course. Um, because that's one of the things you always wonder when you hear about a new race. You know, you always kind of wonder, well, there's going to be some hiccups. There's going to be some things that are going to work out, you know, and you're apprehensive about it first time. I, I was not worried about it at all. And as a matter of fact, I think Tony was more worried about it and more nervous than the competitors and everyone running doing their first, uh, um, you know, marathon at Jekyll because, um, he wanted to make sure uh, that he put on a great race and that all of the participants had a great experience. Well, I know you did, and everything I've heard would suggest that he more than succeeded yep. on that task. And one interesting footnote that we'll let everybody know about, and I know that we'll talk about it in our conversation with him, he's recently acquired the Hotlanta Half Marathon. That's now part of Peak Events. And Tony, what a great individual to take that over. That's been an event that we've been part of since its inception. One of the things that we always, always, always look forward to on our calendar. So love to have that in Tony's portfolio now. But before you think about what your summer plan looks like, think about the next few minutes with Tony. He is a coach. He is a motivator. And he is someone who is going to bring the how to ensuring that 2018 could very well and maybe should be our best year ever. So do not go anywhere. We will be right back after this brief message. 
It's definitely winter and it's time you layered up with some of our long sleeve run ATL shirts, hoodies, and pullovers. The soft light cotton material will feel comfortable and it's also highly moisture wicking to keep you dry and warm. The new quarter zip pullovers are lightweight, include a zippered pocket and ventilated mesh panel. Keep training through the winter so you're not only running your best this spring but also looking your best. They're available at all seven Big Peach Running Company locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. Welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast. Certainly glad that you've come back on this side of the break because now our featured conversation, Tony Hammett, has joined D2 and I inside our studios, and this is a treat. Tony, welcome. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. It is our pleasure, and as we said in our introduction, it is not only our pleasure, it is our belief that you're going to bring some expertise and, quite frankly, some really important information for all of us who are now getting our stride in this new year. 2018 has commenced, and we're starting to figure out what our chances are of success for some of those resolutions and some of those statements that we made in that first week of the new year. And maybe for some others, there are people in their life, people who are very important to them, who have made similar statements, and now it's time for us to hold them somewhat accountable. That's right. And you're going to give us some practical things to help ourselves and those who we love. So let's dive right in. There's that person in the new year who now finds themselves in the midst of, is this resolution going to work? Is this commitment to a fitness routine going to stick? Knowing that we've introduced you as a coach, knowing that you have a background and certifications that suggest that you're working with athletes of every ability, Mm -hmm. what is something that you might say right at the onset for that person who has this new year and this new plan? Sure. Good question. First things first, find a sport, activity, or exercise you enjoy. A lot of people say, hey, I see my friends running. I see my friends doing this. That doesn't mean that you necessarily have to. You have to, first of all, find something you enjoy. And if that's running on the treadmill, going on the trails, what have you, swimming, find first and foremost what you enjoy doing. Secondly, be consistent. Can I, can I, yes. I'm gonna, so yeah, I think that enjoyment part yes. is so important. How does someone who doesn't have a tremendous amount of experience with what we might call a pedestrian active lifestyle or just maybe being somewhat active, how do they determine what they enjoy? What they will need to do is actually cross train. It sounds crazy, but they will need to join maybe a club that offers swimming biking, running, trail running, hiking, some type of activity. And there's lots of groups here in Atlanta that offer that. But they need to experience different things. Go get a good pair of shoes. If you think you want to go run the trails, get yourself a good pair of running shoes for that specific activity. Find a bike that fits you. Get it fit professionally, right? If you're going to invest the time, make sure that bike is actually going to fit you professionally. But test it out. You may test something for two or three weeks and say, eh, not really for me. I personally think it takes at least two months. So I say give it 60 days, right? And track that activity. So the second part of your question, I would say track that activity. Track what you're doing. I don't care if it's in a journal or you have a a calendar on your refrigerator. Track that activity. I ran for 30 minutes today in Brookhaven. I rode my bike around Stone Mountain for 12 miles. Track that activity. And then you can come home every day and you can see what I've done week after week and month after month. So I love that 60 days because that's very, very easy to measure. And I think relative to enjoyment, I think you would say as a coach, even with the depth of experience that you have, that someone going out for their first walk, Mm -hmm. someone doing whatever the recommended routine for the first time for getting to the finish line of a 5k, isn't going to come home and say, 
I loved it. I'm hooked. <laughs> right. Right out of the gate. That's right. That's right. So that 60 days, what are some of the other things people could perhaps expect as they walk through that two-month period? Uh, they can expect to see some improvements uh, very quickly. If they're consistent with their, their training or activity, they can see some very quick in, uh, improvements. Oh, I mean, in a matter of even 10 days. The problem comes with the New Year resolutions. They stop seeing uh, greater uh, we'll say levels of fitness or activity over the next, say, three weeks, right? So they may see over three weeks, oh, wow, I've, I've gotten a lot faster. I'm starting to lose weight. And it's a slow taper of, I'm not quite as fast, right? It's because the human body, it takes time, right? You go from maybe a non-active lifestyle to a very active lifestyle, training three or four or five days a week. Um, yeah, you're not going to see as many. So that's why I say be consistent. You will get faster or stronger or lose the weight over time, but you have to be consistent. I think it's 60 days because uh, amongst the, co- the athletes I coach, it takes me about six to eight weeks to really get to know them and for them to start to see the results of their activities. That, that is really helpful. And I think whether it's incremental or nominal gains, your call out to be attentive to that is going to help people stay consistent. And then I think your guidance, and it could sound self-serving for D2 and I, of course, our affiliation with Big Peach Running Company, go right. out and get a new pair of shoes or make sure you get properly fitted for a bike because of the fact that we're in the sporting goods industry. But here's something that I will reiterate, as biased as it may sound, trying to shortcut, whether it is the time you invest or the money you spend, is going to make it that much more difficult at the onset, especially. Right to find the enjoyment. right? So please, 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 in those first 60 days, if you think there's the possibility you could come to enjoy it and then ultimately stick with it and make it work this time, do not try to cut corners. Do not look for shortcuts. In the first 60 days, it's about the consistency and it's about building the habit, of course, Tony, that you know so well. That's it. I'll have to piggyback on that too, Mike. It's um you, you could buy shoes that are 18 months old. I wouldn't recommend it because, as we all know, those shoes, the, the, the sole, it's not going to be the shoe you want. So get the new pair of shoes that fits you. Go get go through the fit process and get fit. I'm not saying you have to spend, spend thousands of dollars on a bike, but get a bike that fits you because nine times out of ten, if the, we'll say the seat's too high or too low, you're going to have knee, hip, or back pain, and you're not going to go back to that activity. You're just not going to because it hurts so badly. So why would you continue to do something that hurts so badly? So even if it's, we'll call it a partial 30-minute fit by a reputable professional fitter, go get it done. It's worth your time to do that. Same with getting the new shoes. Well, and here's one question, and then we'll move on. So people who did set a New Year's resolution around their fitness routine won't start to think D2 and I are picking on them. We'll move on to those who perhaps do not have a resolution or perhaps even are more performance oriented. But the last thing that I will say, the question you should oftentimes find yourself asking to no one but yourself, what could make this better? Because you'll have an answer to that. Is it changing the routine? Is it changing the hours? Is it changing the equipment? If you are honest with yourself in those first 60 days and you ask, what could make this better? I think you'll be pleasantly surprised how much access you have to those things that you believe would make it better. And assuming that that you'll then pursue them, I think the more likely you'll stay committed to what you've said at the onset of a new year. So now let's talk about that person, Tony, who does not have any substantial discomfort. They've got a decent history Mm -hmm. with their fitness routine and taking care of themselves. Maybe they've even done a number of races if that's part of who they are. Mm -hmm. Great way to start a new year. All of us want to start that way. Right. But the flip side of that person is 
the status quo sometimes is good enough. Right. Let's put that notion aside for a little bit and say never is good enough, good enough. We can be better. We have potential yet to achieve. What do you oftentimes say at the onset to that person who's not feeling overly motivated, but they're not injured? Who's not feeling like they're going to pursue new goals, but their fitness routine is consistent? How do you get them out of what might be the lane they're in to a better, faster, even more enjoyable lane? So here's what we do with the coaching process, at least with the athletes I coach. We begin with the end in mind. You've probably heard that term before, right? But you get, begin with the end in mind, meaning what's your main goal this year, right? You, typically, an athlete will come to me and say, this is the race, whether it's Ironman, a, a half marathon, a, a swim across, you know, the English Channel. Seriously, it, it happens, right? Yep. Begin with the end in mind. And then we work backwards. And this is the fun part. We get to work backwards then. So if your key race is in June, all right, here it is, February. We start working backwards. Here's what it's going to look like. So the big volumes here, we work backwards, okay? Along the way, though, we're plotting in smaller races. So if your big race is a marathon in January of next year, we start plotting in smaller races, even now, 11 months out. So I'll say, hey, find a fun 5K and then work your way up to a 10K. And then maybe you take a two-week break in the summer, go on a family vacation or go off with some friends. But you need to find races maybe you haven't done. And this is where a lot of athletes become stuck in the routine to do the same races over and over and over again. And that's not always a bad thing, but to your question, you might need to find different races. And sometimes that might mean a a destination race where you go off, even if it's by yourself, go off and find a new type of race that you've never experienced before. And it may open your eyes and may inject some of that new motivation you need in your life. Well, and you use the term key at the onset of that answer where you said a key race or what have you, and then you can build certain markers along the way. And maybe it's a race, maybe it's something else, but to have that key is really necessary to unlock potential. If you haven't given yourself indication of what your key is, Mm -hmm. it's probably unlikely that you're going to challenge yourself to take your performance and ultimately your potential to the next level. That's exactly it. So to piggyback on that, what we'd also do with athletes is we establish benchmarks. So we do the, the ones in the near future and some in the distance distant future. Here's an example. Um, many in corporate America may have to create status reports or they have to they check in with someone, right? So the, the check-in with the athletes might be, okay, every six weeks we're going to do this particular run test. And it may be on a, a track even where it's just a mile or 10 minutes at a time. But the point is we need to do this test every six to eight weeks, okay? So it's to see where my level of fitness is. So as a coach, I can then check, okay, Mike, yep, your fitness is improving. We have some proof here. Your your heart rate's lower, your time's a little faster, and we keep going and going and going. So every six to eight weeks, we check in. If the athlete knows we're doing those benchmark tests along the way, there's some uh, th- that's a motivational factor because they are going to put some work into it, especially knowing me on the other end. I'm going to look at that data. I'm going to be able to provide that feedback. I'm going to make that call and say, okay, Mike, we need to talk about this. So if it goes on the other side and maybe we don't see – improvements that's not a bad thing maybe we had a bad day but at least we're creating those benchmarks along the way and it does help to motivate i've noticed at least so this is going to be one of those things that d2 comes to loathe again even though it's a new year and that is dragging him into this conversation with an element that he had not anticipated so as we talked in our introduction d2 just did one of your races he did it's in the rear view less than a few weeks ago and i'm going to use him as an example i'll let him speak first but then i want the coach's perspective okay 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 so this person who i'm making up 
is coming into the new year really, really healthy, Mm -hmm. but not perhaps overly motivated. This person that we're going to talk to specifically is D2, just comes off of a key event for him. Mm -hmm. But it's so early in the year. It was January, for crying out loud, Dave. And now we've got 11 more months this year. And I know you're not just going to hang it up and say, that was good enough. The new year was already a great year because I managed to finish a marathon before we even got to February 1st. That's right. So where I'm going to come to you, Tony, is how do we keep somebody motivated or get them motivated, even though they're a high-performing athlete? But I'm going to start with you, D2. How do you come off of such a terrific experience, what might have been a key event or at least a benchmark, and stay committed knowing that you've got 11 more months that will help define your 2018? So it's interesting because you know when Tony was talking about you know doing something new, doing you know uh, you know going doing destination race, doing something different. That's exactly what I did. You know, uh, Jekyll Island was a destination race. Mm-hmm. I went out and did it by myself. There were other people that I knew, but I signed up for it months ago. Yeah, months it was ago. a great way to stay fit in 2017 right. because it was right at the beginning of the new year. Right. So it was like you know for me it was like okay here's a goal you know keep me training during during the winter months. And, you know, to be honest, you know, there was things there, you know, mentally that I kind of had to go through as well. And I know that as a coach, you know, these are things that I know Tony experiences as well. And as athletes, I think we all do as well. But, you know, you go through those times where I don't think I'm, I'm doing the right training or you start doubting yourself. I don't know that if I'm, you know, am I doing enough? You know, should I push myself harder? What's my time? Am I going to PR? And you start, you know, talking yourself, you know, and putting doubt. And all of a sudden, I started realizing the race that I had signed up for that I was going to do for fun and really kind of, you know, all of a sudden I wasn't having fun in the training process because I was trying to focus on, am I, you know, is it going to be a Boston qualifier? It's a flat course. It's a PR course. It's this, it's that, you know, and all of a sudden I was getting in my, in my head and I was mm-hmm. like, you know, forget about it. Just do the training, have a great race. Don't even worry about it. So I went into it going, if I PR, I PR. If I don't, I don't. My, you know, having only done, you know, two marathons prior to this, you know, I wanted to go and make sure that I had a strong race. That I, you know, being a flat course, that I could be consistent because the elevation was going to be flat. Right. So let me use this as a way of just kind of judging what my motivation, you know, uh, through training to to uh, be consistent and make sure that I have a strong race. That when I'm done, it's not one of those where I'm like, I'm never doing that again. Because my previous marathons, you know, even though I've had you know PRs at them. I've come across the finish line going, never again. <laughs> is, you know? Was that the case? So now what does the rest of the year look for you? Is this kind of a deserved rest period? And you'll answer that question maybe in a future episode. Or now that that benchmark or that key event is behind you, you have another one already because you need to have your hook baited to keep going. So I don't, I haven't signed up for any, any race and I'll do some similar ones. Yeah. You know, probably the same ones that I've did, done in the past years and, you know, primarily trail races and ultras, you know, that I've, that I've done, it's kind of become an annual tradition, you know, and, um, but coming off this because I felt so good, you know, as far as mentally and physically being consistent throughout the race, I didn't really have any lows. I really didn't have any highs and it's the strongest I felt after a race that I got done. I'm going, okay, I feel good. It's the first time finishing a marathon that I'm going, yeah, I would do this again. And so that's where my motivation is. It's like, okay, now that I know what my training was and what my base training was and what I was able to do to get to that point, to have a, a solid, consistent you know, run for 26.2 miles, what can I do in 2018 that's going to build on that? 
things that I can learn from my previous. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at right now, where I was like, well, you know what? You know, my long runs, they weren't the, the best, but you know, I was running, you know, my longest run was 16 miles. So I'm like, what if I ran 16 miles on a regular basis? Not every week, sure. let's say once a month, maybe even twice a month. Sure. And that helps kind of create a, a stronger foundation so that my next marathon is even, you know, I have an even better performance. You know, let's start working in some speed, you know, into into, into the equation. So right now, you know, it's obviously, you know, only, what, two weeks from, you know, post-marathon. I feel good. I'm not really sore. I, you know, I've already gone out and done a couple of easy runs, but I'm not going to push into it. Right now, I'm using this time to, you know, get stronger, doing, you know, a lot of, you know, like, you know, squats, lunges, you know, core-type workout, uh, lots of stretching so that when I get back into it, then I'm going to, you know, have a, a more solid base because I do feel that for me, that was one of the things that was kind of lacking, you know, uh, when I started my marathon training was I didn't feel my form was right. I was uh, stand, uh, sitting a lot and that affected my hip flexors and my posture and I felt like I was plodding along. So I've since I've made changes to where now when I work, I'm, I'm standing, you know, for a large part of the day and that has helped. So, you know, doing things that are going to contribute, not necessarily actually on the road training, but other things outside of that, you know, are going to help me, you know, become a better and stronger runner or be get back to the runner that I used to be beforehand, you know, before I took, a, I guess, kind of a break. So, Well, the question you asked, what can I do to build on what I just did? And that's where maybe we need others to hold us accountable. It's not so much what can you do, what are you doing to build on what you've done in the past? So now, Tony, I'm going to ask this question of you. And I think this is as a parent as well. So mm-hmm. parents, lean in to mm-hmm. the answer that I'm going to get from Tony on this. But it can be so frustrating, I'm sure, for a coach when your athletes are leaving potential on the table. Yes. We are all guilty of it at times yes. where we have just not committed ourselves to achieving our potential. Yep. As a coach, a certified coach, a coach with deep, deep experience, how do you get someone past that? For all of us who might be leaving potential on the table, how do we get after it and claim it? The, the answer is actually going to be ironic. It's A lot of it's mental training. Because a lot of people dismiss the mental aspects of training, especially with the long course. It doesn't matter if you're a miler or a, or, you know, a 5K. Or, it's the mental aspects that a lot of people are leaving out. So I'm going to start with how do you start planning your training for your specific event? A lot of us are busy. A lot of us have meetings. We have commitments as a parent, as a business owner, right? We've scheduled meetings. This was a scheduled meeting, right? Schedule your training because a lot of times what happens is – you know, D2 said, I have a 16-miler, and maybe I'll uh, do a text check-in as I say, how did it go? Well, I missed it. I had a meeting, and I just, you know, I get a list of, of reasons, we'll call it, right? Well, I'll say to D2, did you schedule that 16-miler on Tuesday or on Saturday? Well, no, I just figured I'd fit it in. So what I would, the advice I'd offer, you know, a parent, D2, you, schedule that. Do things happen? Yep, things happen all the time. We miss training all the time. Let's just not make it a habit. Schedule that training, okay? Work on the mental aspects. So how would we work on mental aspects? Find a training partner or a group or a club that fits you. There are plenty of them here in the Southeast, especially in Atlanta. But a lot of times it's finding someone who you are comparable or compatible with as far as training. Okay. Sometimes I might even suggest finding someone who's a little stronger and or faster than you. So they push you just a little bit. Because typically um, the people that have not quite met their goals, it's because either it's been due to solo training or just lackluster training because they have lost that motivation we talk about. So those are some of the things I would do. It's 
um, schedule the training, find that training partner or group and uh, stick with it. Because think about this, I have a, a run schedule with Mike at 6 a.m., right? Mike is counting on me to be there at 6 a.m. At 6.05, I don't show up, I've let Mike down because Mike's in the freezing cold, it's 22 degrees. Mike's standing by himself at the corner of Peachtree and who knows where because he's already started to run because he said, forget this. Well, and I'll take your <laughs> advice even to the next level. If you let me down because you don't show at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. and you've also scheduled it, it's on your calendar, whether you elect to go in later that day and delete it just so you don't have to look at it <laughs> right. any longer or whether you just have to acknowledge, I let myself down. I think it brings added accountability mm-hmm. and it brings real compunction to do what you said and that is schedule it. Schedule it. Schedule it. That's it, that's great advice, Tony. Thank you. And even if you are working with, because uh, there's probably a good portion of your audience that has a, a coach, and I'm going to add this phrase, coach, guide, or mentor, because you don't have to have a coach, someone maybe you're paying. You can have a guide or a mentor, someone you're checking in with, right? So let's say you've shared that training calendar with your guide or your mentor, right? So you both have the calendar. I, I can do a check, uh, text, email, or call in, hey, Mike, D2. How did that you know thirty minute you know recovery session go on the bike? Well, I skipped it because I had a, my meeting went late. Okay, so now uh, we're both accountable because I'm staring at this, and the next week I'm staring at okay, you. You've missed a couple of those recovery trainings, which are as important or sometimes more important than some of the other sessions, right? So it's a good way again to find coach, guide, or mentor that can help you because um, you've not let me down just face to face with that run. I'm also looking at it every week, every month, right? It's here on paper, in your journal or on your fridge or um, with, uh, there's plainty of online software programs. We use trainingpeaks.com. It's online, you can use it on your, your tablet yep. and mobile device. It's brilliant and you can share it amongst all your athletes. So. Well, of course, in our show notes, we will have peakracingteam.com with that link so people can get more information there. But to your point, Tony, there is so much out there. You just have to commit yourself to looking for it. And of course, the more specific you are in terms of what works for you, whether it's specific parts of town, types of training you want to do, certain targets or goals that you put in place for yourself, the more specific you can be, the better information you're going to get back in return. But there's no shortage of information, right. starting with peakracingteam.com, in my opinion, is a great place to begin. But I also know, in terms of achieving potential, it's not everything <laughs> that defines who Tony Hammett is. He's the coach, and he is the motivator to athletes all over, especially here in and around the Atlanta area. But one of the things that Big Peach Running Company and Dave and I specifically kind of had advanced notice mm-hmm. that you were doing, and that was building your race portfolio of events that you own and operate. Right. An event that we've been involved with since its inception and one of those that we are so proud to call a partner is the Hotlanta Half Marathon. That is now part of peak events. It is. And I would love from one business owner to another to kind of hear how that came together and just your initial thoughts as you get started with year number one with that being part of your portfolio. Right. Great and congratulations. It's oh, really cool. You. We're excited to be working with you in this capacity. Too. We are super excited. Yeah. Part of the reason truly we, we acquired the race was the Big Peach as a presenting sponsor. Um, we, we've worked with you guys. Mike, you probably remember, Mike sold me my first pair of what's called real running shoes that you know, basically the day he opened in Brookhaven. Mike fitted me for the next two, the next the next pair. So, so many gray hairs ago. I mean, just I, me too. I remember. Oh man, you still? Have, that's not true. This guy still looks like he's in his mid twenties. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I'll pay you later. But, but no, really, it, I just remember Mike C. As I think, Mike C. Yep. 
and I would tell all my friends, Mike, see at Big Peach in Brookhaven. All right, that was, I think, your very first store. That's true, Cherokee Plaza. Cherokee Plaza. I mean, Mike C. would fit me for shoes. So when I needed my new shoes, and Mike would say, you know, Tony, you should think about getting a second pair and rotating. I was like, he's just trying to sell me shoes. And I'm like, as I became, you know, smarter as a coach, I realized, oh, no, he knows what he's talking about, right? So long story short there, uh, we're, we're happy to partner with you. What we want to do with, with peak racing events is we want to focus on uh, creating quality events. And it may sound crazy, but we don't want to have 30 or 40 different types of races in the southeast we want maybe 8 10 12 very quality events hotland a half has always been the last four years has been a very uh, well-produced quality event and i said to to myself and my wife and my team let's seek out these quality events whether we are acquiring or we're whether we are building these races and i say building we, we have an idea on the whiteboard so to speak and we have to find the resources and the budget and, and the location and the permits, doesn't matter. Let's let's find a way to build 10 or 12 quality events. Hotland Half was on that list, ironically. Um, I ran into to Mike one day, it just I was picking up some shoes at Alpharetta and Mike said, Let, let's, let's have a conversation. And when Mike says that, I, I start to listen very, very carefully because it's- Well, it's, and a lot <laughs> of our longtime listeners will know, Dave and I sat down with Orion Sports Timing mm-hmm. in 2017, the former owners yes. of that event. And it was a little bit of an oddity for them because they do such a great job with so many events mm-hmm. all year timing for others, managing the course in a lot of details. This was actually the only event they truly owned. It was. It, it was the only one. And and to your point, Kirk even said to me, this this doesn't fit our model. I, I gave him a phrase, your business model looks like this to me. As the outsider looking in, it looks like this. And he goes, you're right. Hotlanta doesn't fit our business model. I said, let's, let's tell the world. Your business model doesn't look like this. It looks like what you have. It's a sports timing company. Well, the reason I bring it up is your business model, you just said it. You want a select number of events that are high, high, high quality, but you want to own and operate those events so people can kind of know what to expect when Tony and Peek are involved. That's right. This is regardless of the distance, regardless of the location, regardless of the time of the year on the calendar, this is the level of experience you're going to have. That's it. And a a key piece I want to make sure that we mention is when I say quality, it doesn't mean it has to be too thousand people every race because every race won't have 2000 we can produce a 200 person trail race and i'm happy if it's a quality event which that's our goal a quality event produced for uh athletes we're happy 200 to 2000 it doesn't matter we just want quality events and we're going to focus on 10 to 12 although we're offered many different opportunities through the year we have to turn some down because i i don't know that we can we can produce a quality event with with the given schedule so um, part of your question is why? Why did you choose Hotlanta? It also fit our schedule. So and I say it was almost the, the the perfect situation in that we had a we'll say a hole in June, and it made sense. And I told Kirk Childs this. It was the perfect situation where we had a hole, and I told my team we have a hole in June. I said this two years ago. How are we going to fill this? And here we are. You do not have a hole in June not, any longer, no. my friend. So let's <laughs> talk about experience on the other side of the way that term is defined. We can talk about experience, first of all, in terms, here's the environment and here's what's gonna transpire and this is how you would rate the experience. But the other thing that's super, super cool and people who know me know my affinity for someone who has really given themselves to this lifestyle and similar to me, you had a totally different background. It's not like you woke up 
one day and said, I'm going to turn my life entirely around in just 24 or 48 hours. But your depth of experience in another world, I think, sets you up so well for what you're doing. First, I have to mention this relative to your coaching. I know you have a background in aeronautics. Mm -hmm. And I would think anybody who wants to get faster should be talking to somebody (laughs) who has that type of background because maybe there is some ability you have to get me faster (laughs) because of your aeronautical understanding that I certainly do not claim to have. Right. But more specifically to Hotlanta, when you first incepted Peak and everything that it has become, it was part-time for you. It was. It was while you were working what some might refer to as a real job. A real corporate job, yes. And now here you are. You've parachuted out of that plane. I have. And when I think about your experience, you've got a business management background, but even more specifically, you're a project manager to the nth degree all the way through your resume. Correct. And when we were talking earlier before D2 fired up the mic, you made this terrific connection about why race directors, if they are really, really good at project management, can be successful. Unpack that for us a little more. So when I was in corporate America, I would work on several projects at once. It's very rare that you get one or two large projects. You would typically have six or seven or even eight projects, right? So I'm going through thinking, as, as my interest peaked in uh, coaching and race production, I'm thinking... I think I could actually piggyback on this and create a separate company. So yes, over the years I said, hmm, let's see how project management relates to race directing. So what I did while I was still in corporate America, I went on the whiteboard and I did the pros and cons and I listed it out. And it made sense because how I produce my races now, Mike and D2, I treat them as a project. Every single race is a project. Because think about this, you need a budget. You need resources, you need permits, there's a lot of different types of paperwork, it all has to come together. And there's one person responsible, and it's typically the race director or the race producer, right? So I just truly treat every race as a project. And it may sound kind of corporate and and unfun, but the athletes aren't seeing that. That's me who sees that. You're seeing the fun things that you could experience. Well, and I I would believe personally that it is absolutely fun. Anytime you can come to that intersection of your personal interests, and your occupational passion, I think you are in the right place. And clearly you are, and and we're really excited about the fact that Hotlanta is now part of yours and the Peak team. So let's bring both what we were talking about with those people who are trying to get the most out of their fitness routine in 2018 and this awesome event that you now have. And we're going to be bullish about the prospects for this event in 2018 and well, well into the future. Let's challenge our listeners whether it's a 5K, whether it is a destination where you want to go for a ride or a run or do a triathlon, whether it is perhaps the Hotlanta Half Marathon, mm-hmm. this episode will release in February. Yep. You already mentioned that you had a hole that no longer exists Correct. on your own calendar <laughs> in June. Mm-hmm. So Hotlanta is in June. Somebody who's looking 90 to 120 days out and now has a target or to use your term again, a key. What would you tell us that would allow us to get started if that might be our first half marathon? Or perhaps this is the first time we've set a key or a target 90 or 120 days into the future. It's past that 60-day period you talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. but it's not so far out that it seems almost like it would never happen. I would say if you're not already, start moving. For the Hotland Half, obviously, it's running. Start running. People want to try to 
include big volume throughout their entire, we'll say training cycle of 90 to 120 days. I would say start slowly and run frequently. <clears throat> so here's the term I use with my athletes. I'd rather you um, run more frequently than huge, big volume. So run four, five, six days a week than a couple of big runs, okay? So start running, but take those rest days. Maybe you start with a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. But frequency is super key. It's very, very important in this. You don't need to work focus on speed work, especially if you haven't been running a lot and or if you're coming off injury or you know if you've been, quote, on the couch for a couple of months. You don't need to work focus on the speed work. I would rather you build that base that Dave mentioned earlier. Build that base. So spend a couple of months building the base. Slower runs. You could still do the hill, some hill work and some strides, which we could talk about, but you don't need to focus on the speed stuff. Just get out there and start moving forward. And as I mentioned, track that training. Whether it's an online journal or you have a, a, a piece of paper that's on your fridge, track that training so you see. And if you're finding that you're not running as frequently as you want to, that's when you engage that group or a, a key training partner, I think. Well, and, and I'm going to put myself out there now because this is what I believe and I want you to validate or invalidate it. And I, I really do want you to be honest, honest, Tony. And that is, I believe when this episode's released and when Hotland occurs, there's almost no one who couldn't be at the starting line with the amount of time that exists in between when they'll hear this, if they listen to it roughly when it's published, right, and when that race occurs. Right. If they are nowhere right now, I still believe they could be ready by the middle part of June. I 100% agree. I would, I would prefer to see an athlete run for at least three months, and yes, that means they have plenty of time. Plenty of time. You do not even have to start completely just running. A lot of athletes will say, Tony, I can't even run five minutes right now, but I want to run the half. That's fine. So the program or the, the methodology I would use is run for a minute, walk for a minute, or run for two minutes, walk for a minute. And I don't mean walk like what we'll call a Sunday stroll. It's a brisk walk, right? So it does two things. It allows your muscles to recover just a little. It also drops your heart rate because as we know as runners, your heart rate, usually when it goes up, unless you slow down or stop, it's going to continue to rise or stay where it is. So, um, if you're uncomfortable, maybe your, your knees and joints and muscles aren't quite used to the volume that maybe you need, incorporate the walk breaks. It's so important. You will need some hill work, yes, for the hot Atlanta half. It's Atlanta, hot, humid, and hilly, but you don't need to incorporate the hills right away. So I have no coaching certifications. I do not offer coaching services. Tony has reaffirmed what I've seen and seen now for quite some time, and that is if someone gives them selves enough advanced notice of that target or key event, they can make it happen. And he just said, if you're getting started in early to mid-February, perhaps even as late as early to mid-March, you can still be ready, no matter where your ground zero is, to be at the world of Coca-Cola in June for the Hot Atlanta Half Marathon. Let's talk very quickly about some of the reasons someone might want to. There are a lot of people in this market who already are familiar with why it's such a world-class event. Yes. But for those who now might be like, wow, I could be there. I'm nowhere right now, but I could be there. Or they're perhaps going to pass this episode on for someone who needs to hear it. What are some of the things that would make it worth not just their while that morning, but to train for the next three to four months. 
you're going to get to run through Atlanta unlike any other race. It's If you've seen the course map, if you've never run it, you've seen the course map. It is a very unique course. We are keeping the same course, by the way. Awesome. Um, we are working. I'm so glad yes. you are. It's one of D2NI's favorite. It, it's yeah. great. We, we have already, uh, we've submitted our paperwork into Atlanta uh, for permitting. City of, of Atlanta. Course, there's, there's mm-hmm. se- just so you know, uh, there are several permits for our audience. There's several permits for this race. So we've worked with them. We told them we want to keep the same course. They are very supportive. Um, we're going to make this a safe race. I don't. I think a lot of people know this, but we will employ over 135 police officers from the city of Atlanta for that morning. So we want to make it a very safe race. I want people to know, same course, um, a little bit challenging, but it's also very safe. Well, let me let me drag the safe term into the center for a second because I want people to really understand this. Safe, when we talk police and when we talk an urban course in Atlanta, we think of vehicles or busy intersections. Mm-hmm. One thing that I know from your other events and that I know from the way that Hot Atlanta has built on itself year in and year out, safe also, people might say, June, half marathon, in and around Atlanta or perhaps anywhere in the Southeast. Tell us about aid stations and that element of safety that you take so seriously. Great point. I've actually, and I want to back up and talk about EMS even too. I've already met with the EMS company that we are uh, we are employing and they are bringing EMS, EMTs, paramedics on bicycles. So you'll have what I call roaming EMS, EMT that have full kit. They have the panniers on the bike so they could actually uh, support athletes. We have two ambulances and we'll have, um, I'm going to use the word triage, we'll have two setups at the finish um, so people can recover in the shade of cold water, etc. To answer your question about uh, the aid stations, we're going to have 12 separate groups at the 12 separate aid stations, well stocked with water, ice, and most likely they're going to have some gels at those too. But my favorite, we're going to have uh, Tailwind Nutrition for the electrolytes. Excellent. Um, Good plug there for our friends at Tailwind. (laughs) Yes. If If I am running a half marathon in June in Atlanta, I would like some electrolytes. So please know at every aid station, you will have some electrolytes called Tailwind. Um, which we'll have samples of at our group runs with Big Peach Running Company too. So it's very important that we have a lot of people with a lot of water and ice and tailwind. <laughs> no, I, I think it is. And not to give any illusion whatsoever that a half marathon in June or a first half marathon is dangerous because that is, is not the case. But I think there are plenty of people out there who would be saying, my goodness, I'm going to end up on a gurney if I attempt a half marathon given my current fitness right now and then try to throw it in at the onset of summer in Atlanta. That's not true. Correct. We have taken all of that, and you've done a great job of packaging it so that it is the safest place to be perhaps anywhere in the Atlanta area in the month of June. I would say June 10th, the safest place to be would be there at Pemberton at World of Coke and the 13 miles right after. <laughs> Absolutely. With with our planning and our, our, our team's involvement, yeah, we feel very confident. And again, we're just we're excited about this race. Um, as I mentioned with group runs, we're not just going to do one or two group runs. We, we want to do several. Even if it's informal, just get you know ten or twelve of us together. I want us to run the course a lot. I want people to see how neat this course is. Um, with your heat training uh, comment, I do want to say living in Atlanta it helps, especially leading up to it. Um, another you know putting my coaching hat back on for a second it takes about fourteen to seventeen days to fully acclimate to the heat. So let's just say someone with their schedule does a lot of early early morning training and or treadmill training, and that's fine. But in the few weeks leading up to the race, I would try to make it outside, especially for those key runs, those longer runs. Get outside for those last few because you need to know what it's going to feel like. It's seven, eight, nine in the morning on in June. That's a great tip to make sure that you can ultimately 
experience race conditions prior to be being on the race race course. Also, I loved your tip about frequency, whether you're training for a half marathon or just trying to be more committed to the routine. Ladies and gentlemen, D2, he is Tony Hammett, a wealth of information. We'll also put a link, Tony, to the Hotlanta so people can see everything that you're doing there. We are going to challenge our listeners all year long not to leave any potential on the table. I know that you do that every single day, not just with your athletes and your team, but with yourself. It's one of the reasons that we admire you so much. Certainly, we appreciate your time, and we'll look forward to working with you on Hotlanta and for many years to come. Thank you, guys. And I'll leave you with this. Enjoy the journey with your training and racing. There it is. D2, we'll be right back after this brief message. Do you hear that? The trails are calling and you must go. You're invited to join the Big Peach Running Company crew for an all-inclusive weekend getaway in Blue Ridge, Georgia. Experience two days of trail running in the beautiful North Georgia mountains. Not a runner? That's okay. Hikers and outdoor enthusiasts are also welcome. Experience a relaxing weekend full of trails, award-winning food, and luxurious accommodations. Start the weekend off enjoying a few craft brews at Fannin Brewing. After a day on the trails, we'll recover at Serenberry Vineyards where you'll be able to sample some of Georgia's finest wines. We'll finish off the evening at Charlie Creek Farms with some barbecue and drinks under the stars. Don't miss out on an incredible trailcation you won't soon forget. Come on out, enjoy the trails. We'll take care of the rest. Visit BigPeachRunningCode.com to sign up. Welcome back to the Run ATO podcast. Glad you can join us for this home stretch and D2. What a luxury it is to have friends and colleagues like Coach Tony Hammett. Yes, and one of the things that uh, we ran out of uh, time to talk about it, but one of the things Tony did want to, uh, us to kind of reinforce and to mention is the importance of cross-training to help prevent injury. I mean, that's one of the things that Tony and I have had many discussions about and just discussing about, you know, as far as triathletes and runners and how they frequently get injured. And one of the things he works with it, with his uh, athletes is the importance of cross-training, strengthening muscles, making sure that you're taking care of yourself um, and being aware of your body in, in areas that may, may be weaker so that your body doesn't overcompensate for those weaknesses and then lead to an injury. And that way, you know, maybe even wiping out your whole season or derailing your training, you know, from those results. So definitely, you know, doing things to cross train as far as strength training um, are very important to help kind of keep those injuries at bay. That's that's a great reminder. And it's super cool because I think it says even more about who Tony really is. We, even when we did not have the microphone on, He's giving us guidance. He's talking about a variety of things, including that with cross-training that we can pass along to our listeners because all he wants to do is just help others and, like us, make sure all of us get the most that we can from our pedestrian active lifestyle. Quite frankly, from every day, we have the good fortune of having, and of course, he's super busy. We already alluded to his association now with the Hotlanta Half Marathon, all the coaching he's doing, other events that are part of what he does each and every year. But to know that he just has this massive, massive heart and such a good mind for helping people get better, it was super cool to have him as part of this. So Tony, we know you're out there somewhere. Thanks again for being part of the fun. And D2, the fun is not finished for us by any stretch. This is the Run ATL podcast. This is an exciting announcement, and it is somewhat promotional in nature, but we love to be able to bring specials like this to our listeners. February is kind of a random month for all of us who remain committed to our fitness all year long. 
The weather is still very much winter on most days. And yet there are glimpses and certainly reasons on the calendar to be optimistic that spring is just around the corner. We have an awesome deal on the Run ATL products inside Big Peach Running Company stores right now. Right. So this starts uh, February 9th. We're going to do a Run ATL BOGO. So basically buy one, get one. And this is all part of a kind of a winter clearance uh, apparel sale that will take place from February 9th through the 19th. So this is perfect for, you know, if you want to buy something for your sweetheart for, you know, Valentine's Day and you can pick something up for, uh, for your loved one and maybe one for yourself. Um, but basically, it's buy any winter run ATL, which means it's a one of our brand new quarter zip uh, pullovers, a hoodie, or a long sleeve, and you get a summer, which would be a run ATL tank, singlet, sleeveless, or short sleeve for free. So, so something we've never done before. You and the marketing crew are super creative because this transitioned us out of winter and some inventory that we still have. We don't have much of it, but doesn't make sense for us to have those long sleeves, those quarter zips by the time we get to May. So we'll go ahead and move those out. And now to get everybody thinking, it's just around the corner, spring, summer, warmer temperatures are coming and you'll have some fresh colors to show off when they get here. What a great program. Thanks for putting that together. Sure. The other thing that makes me think of spring, have to acknowledge that you were not the only one who had a cool run in January. You were on Jekyll Island soaking up the sea views. I was in North Georgia taking in the winter views from higher elevations. I was on one of the trails that we will showcase at Big Peach Spring Break. And this was without snow on this particular occasion. The views were massive, all kinds of sun and blue sky. And here's the thing that I would just call everyone's attention to coming out of having heard the ad for Big Peach Spring Break is the price increase is coming. Right. Not a sweetheart deal the same way the run ATL is because after Valentine's Day, the price goes up $50 per registration. That's right. It will go up. And just as a reminder, anyone that does register, even after this, you will get a gift card for $50 you know, when you register for Big Peach Spring Break to kind of get you ready and geared up uh, in preparation for those trails. And I'm going to do something live. Big Peach Spring Break $75 gift card for podcast listeners. If you mention when you register that you're a listener of the Run ATL podcast, We'll make that $50 gift card D2 just referenced, $75 because we are for the people, D2, and we bring great deals all the time. Well, that is awesome, man. I know I'm looking forward to hit some trails after uh, hitting the pavement on my marathon. I'm ready to get some trail miles in and a new pair of shoes and uh, looking forward to hitting the trails up in North uh, Georgia, up in Blue Ridge. All the information will be in a link that we'll include in our show notes. D2 has compiled a nice video to show the luxurious accommodations and other activities that will accompany Big Peach Spring Break 2018. Make sure you check that out. It'll be here before you know it. But even before that, will be another episode of the Run ATL podcast. But for now, D2, we bid everyone adieu as always. Thank you for being part of this. Always a pleasure to be next to you. And we hope, and as we always say and certainly mean, may your best miles be those covered on foot.